Good morning, good morning. We have wonderful life. We're starting out this new year. What a great opportunity we have with each other, within our own families, within our own private lives. Amen? So, an important quote to remember, really all your life, it's kind of uh, earth-shattering when we see it. Um, it says, remember that no man is a failure who has friends. Okay. Clarence, the wingless angel, well, at that time he, well, that's right before he got his angels, his wings, before the little tinkling of the bell. So this quote we see at the close of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. We are reminded after George receives this fresh viewpoint that no matter how many times he didn't get his way, and we see that happens a lot in the movie, no matter how many times life was truly great in the grand scheme of things. So George Bailey needed to be reminded that no matter what amount of success he had or didn't have, it could not measure up to the value of real friends and the impact that his own life had on those people. So this morning, we need to be reminded of the same thing. Right? We watch the movie and we go, yeah, I remember that point. That's a great point. I need to keep that in mind more often. We get caught up in things and we forget the value of uh, the importance of our contribution to life. If any one of us wasn't here, it, things would be drastically different. It's not just a small part that is forgotten about. When you don't come, and this isn't to pressure you to come to church, but when you don't come, your, your, the lack of your presence is felt. Mm-hmm. We miss you. We want to see you. Everything happens. This is, please don't understand. This is not a guilt trip to say you must always be here. I simply say that you are important. Don't forget that. And so when we watch a movie like that, we are reminded of that, even in of our own selves, because we watch the things that George goes through, right? So let's stand for the reading of God's Word in Second Peter, chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 1 through 4. This is the Word of the Lord. Simon Peter, a servant of the Apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained faith of equal standing with ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has been granted to all, uh, has granted all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and to his excellence, by which... He has granted to us a precious and a very great promise so that all through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption of the world because of its sinful desires. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the beginning of this year. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful year that we have had. So many great things have transpired during this year. So many things that we'll be talking about this morning. Father, I pray, God, that you would not only bless what I'm about to say, Lord, that it would be communicated as you would want it to be. Lord, I pray that you would bless the ears of those who have heard it so that it may find root within our hearts, so that it may cause us to action. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We ended it fantastically yesterday with uh, 
a most sad, prominent missed field goal, but <laughs> this new year, the Patriots are going all the way. <laughs> so, for all those who don't like sports, sorry for you. So, today's sermon, what I want to try to get across to you is not to exhaust you, which it may, by the end. In true Presbyterian form, I will have multiple points that we'll be addressing, specifically 57 points. (laughs) It's funny, but I'm not lying. I'll be bringing those out. Okay? If you wish to leave now, please... And thank you, Father. So, <laughs> I'm not hoping that this exhausts you, but really, there really are 57 points that we're going to discuss, and, and it won't really take that long. So, in 2022, now that it's over, we're so quick to want to jump to new things, right? We want to see these things come alive in our lives, and we call them resolutions, uh, New Year's resolutions, right? Some of us will start new things, and some of those things will become habits, and some of those things will be as the setting sun over the horizon of the ocean, and will be far gone, way before the middle of the year. It just happens. We overdo our list. We try to put on too much. Last night I was at the Ratliff's house, and just hanging out by the bathroom, listening to conversation by... Andy Cusel, and I look to my right, and I see this huge goal list of the Ratliff family. Like, it was larger than our document that we signed at the... <laughs> it was huge. <clears throat> but when you have many hands, you can get a lot of things done, right? And now it wasn't everything, you know, it's like, turn that screw. You know, they, they really were very detailed in it. So we have goals that we put forth, and this is good. God has called us to be goal-oriented people, right? Some of these things will become habits. Some of them will not. God wants us as a race to grow and to transform and to be better versions of ourselves by the end of this year coming here. And we're actually in it. This is a weird year. We don't typically have New Year's right on uh, New Year's service right on New Year. So today actually is 2023, but we're going to be talking about 2022. Because it's fitting for us to just talk about how things have transpired this year. So, the good things that God has put within us is to establish these patterns of saying, you know, out with the old, in with the new. We want to set new goals. We want to do fantastic things in fantastic ways. And we want to accomplish everything on our list. We start out with that in mind. But how do we accomplish this process of growth? without remembering where we've come from or what we've come from. Societies are doomed to repeat the sins of the past if they just eradicate the memory of them. We see that even in our own culture. We look back 50 years and we see the things that we were doing as a culture there and we find ourselves repeating them today. So why do we forget these things? Well, it's simply because we don't take the time and the effort to actually focus on remembering these things because we've been wired to go on Go on. Go on. So we don't spend any time thinking about it. But it is important for us to just stop and smell the roses. We need to understand where we've come from 
and very specifically, not so much where we have come from, but where God has taken us from and what God has taken us to. Okay? So God has been good to us this entire year, has he not? Has he not? Yes. Thank you. So looking back to the beginning of 2022, we see how God has not only provided for us through material things, he provided this place. We, you know, we had a little bit of trouble, a little bit of friction, but nonetheless, this is a good place for us to reside for the moment, for however long God has us here. We're looking for a new place, but God provided this place for us. God has provided many things for us throughout this year, not just materially, but spiritually. Many of us have grown great strides in our walk with Christ, in our walk with one another. So let's take a stroll down memory lane, shall we? So we're going to go back to the beginning of this year. Here's starting our, of our 57 points. So as we do in our traditional uh, covenantal life, we, we gather together for those who can. We gather together at the Ratliff's house every year, and we bring in the new, the new year, right? This year was a little weird because some of us had to get up really early, so we weren't really necessarily willing to stay up as late as we usually do. But six out of those seven years, we're usually partying out, you know, at least like an hour past uh, we're leaving their house at 1 a.m. So it's a really good time. It's become a tradition for us. So, and it isn't anything you have to do, but it's just something that's really fun, and we enjoy doing it. And they're great hosts to us. They take good care of us. So that's something we did. And we had a, a Murphy wedding of Matthew and Haley. And then right after that wedding, we jet set to Virginia, and we celebrate another reception for Matthew and Haley because they just got to one-up everybody else. <laughs> We had our first church couples night, our dating night, the, the Valentine's night, the dinner at uh, China Bell. We had time to fellowship with good friends, uh, good people, while on a date with our spouse and enjoy that time a little differently than just fellowshipping. Right? There was men's breakfast that we have twice a month. We have the ladies' uh, Bible study group going on or book study group that's going on. Uh, we had our first March missions. Right? That was to honor the missionaries of this world and within our communities. That's where we got introduced to the covering and their ministry there. And we learn what God has been doing within that group and how God has been taking them from darkness into light. It's another great thing. We celebrated Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and the Easter. We did this all as a church, as a body of believers. We've had multiple head of household meetings in person. We've done them on Zoom. We've had wonderful celebration, wonderful celebration of two of your elders. Great time. You showed lots of love. It was hard work. You cooked a lot. There was a lot of cleaning. There was a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of organization. And that shows love. Again, we're seeing how God has been providing for us all throughout this year. So, we, I mean, we haven't even scratched into the, beginning, the middle of the year yet, and we've already done so much. You know, after the ordination of elders, we also had a tribunal. And this isn't any specific order and timeline, but we also had a tribunal of a previous pastor who was removed from his office, unable to pastor a church and within their organization. And we were also vindicated by that same tribunal. We were able to say the past is now in the past. It's been dealt with and by godly men and has been done in a godly way and we can move forward. So that was a great turning point for us as a church. 
As elders, we attended our first presbytery with a new group of people, a new set of uh, families in which we can become covenantally bound to, or bound, connected to, right? Well, again, throughout the nation. These men are pastoring churches in other uh, counties, other, uh, specifically here in Ohio, other counties, also within other states that we are connected to as well. There's been hospitalizations. There's been love shown in many ways that you will ever, never even know about. There are many things going on that are being done from your consistory uh, behind the scenes. Does everybody know what your consistory is? It's a word? Okay. So you have your session, which is Derek and I, as well as all the, the elders at uh, St. Peter in Virginia. That's your session. And your consistory is your elders and your deacons, your group. That elders and deacons is your consistory. So you'll hear that word. It's a popular word within the CREC. So it will be used more and more. I just want you to understand when we talk, what we're saying. That's good to have definition, like our contract reading gentleman here. So we've had a lot gone on, have gone on during this year. We've been able to show love. We've been able to receive love. We had high school graduations of many young ladies Many young men, we've attended the Cusel Family Fun Day. That was great. Got introduced to some new people there, as well as some uh, long-lost friends that we have not seen for a long time. Got reintroduced and was able to kind of build that bridge again. Right? And so this was a wonderful time. Um, we've had Pastor Murphy come and preach for us many times. Right? These are all points. I told you there's 57 of them. You break that down. 57 things done throughout a year. That means we've done two things per week. <laughs> and these aren't just like I sneezed. These are like actual events. Okay? So that's why I said you might be exhausted by the end when you start realizing how much we've done as a body. And we'll talk about do we continue this stride or not and how we continue that stride. So a lot has gone on. Uh, we've had uh, Mark Dewey come down and teach us about Covenant Renewal Worship in Danny's Barn. That was a wonderful thing. Wonderful time. We do everything big. No, nothing's ever just like, let's just talk over the phone about it. It's like, let's have an event. Let's bring speakers. Let's, let's get, somebody's got to get some dancing going on. That always happens. <laughs> so we had impromptu gatherings. This is where we got to be introduced to Eddie and Bona Demo. Great couple, missionaries in Albania, doing great work in the training and equipping of Christians to take the gospel, and not just the gospel, because that's very uh, evangelistic to just say, take the gospel into their cultures, but they're taking Christian principles, Christian lifestyles. This is quite different than what a lot of other missionaries do. It's a very uh, uh, force feed. Here's a gospel, here's a gospel, here's a gospel, here's a gospel. They're actually teaching the people that come to them trades so that they can be self-sufficient in Muslim communities that won't hire them for anything else because they are Christian. So they're going to be able to be self-sufficient. They're also going to be self-educated through this program. So great, great work that they're doing there. And we got introduced to them and we got to start fellowshipping with them. And there's been a great relationship that has been formed uh, because of Jacob Ratliff's connection to them from many years ago. We participated in a Hocking Hills hike. That was fun. Not everybody. This isn't everybody went to everything, but as a group of people, and it isn't necessarily a church-sanctioned thing. Like I said, you didn't have to be there at all the things, but uh, we, this is what we do. This is who we are. We are 
Busy, busy people. And we get it done. Sometimes we get it done in the end. We go, how did we get that done? It's just so impromptu, so quick at times, right? We've had multiple ER visits. Some of us have gone to conferences. There was a county over country conference. Uh, There's even dislocated shoulders. We've constituted as a missions church. We got together and we formulated an actual legal constitution of a church. Not just a group of people gathering. It's a legal entity now within the organization. We've seen concussions on ski slopes. Where's Stacy? Oh, there she is. We've had a lot going on. We've had baptisms. We've had three new member families come in the church. Three new member families in a year. That's a lot. It's not a lot for Joel Olstein. Because he's got the big, fast, famous model, which is wrong and sinful. That's a lot for a church which is trying to do steady as we go, preach the gospel, catechize our children, and love one another. That's a lot to go on in one time, in one year. Amen? We've had multiple teachings on many different things from CREC distinctives. We, we finished the book of Romans. We got into the book of John. We dug into Chalcedonian Creed. We learned that at length. And we learned how Christ is fully God and fully man. We've had Andy Kuzel come and preach for us. We've had courtships initiated. We've had marriages between Jonathan and Sage and Danny and Terry, as well as Matthew and Haley. So this is this three marriages in a year within our church. Some year here very shortly, there's going to be a whole slew all at once. It's going to be an expensive year for you all. <laughs> We've celebrated birthdays, anniversaries, milestones. We've even watched one of our very own be honored as in the top five of the national Bible Bee. There's been driver's licenses, baby births, grandparents passing, new jobs, retirements. There's been an elk hunt. There's been altitude poisoning. There's been flights taken, vacations enjoyed, and even people's very first time having lobster. We've had COVID in the church. We've had knockdowns. We've had regular sicknesses. We've had sicknesses that we don't even know what their name is. We've gone through a lot. We've shown love to a group of people, specifically ladies, a group of ladies who have had such a scary and horrific past. And we were able to show them Christmas love and show them how Christians show love. They already have that example through the ministry in which they're a part of, but this is a generational blessing to them. They could see how mothers and daughters, and and some of you had grandparents and mothers and daughters. So we showed something that was so unique to a group of people who are hungry for Christ, and we did that as a church. We celebrated Advent and Christmas. We're currently in the 12 days of Christmas. I've tried to get out every day a snippet on the 12 days of Christmas, um, and and life happens. (laughs) We're leading up to Epiphany. What does Epiphany even mean? How do we even gather for that? What do we do? Just a little foreshadowing, Epiphany is a celebration of the wise men coming to Christ. 
the Magi coming. This is what Epiphany is celebrating, right? And that closes out Christmas. And then we got a little breather, and then we start into the Easter season. So a lot goes on within a, a year. That's just to name a few. That isn't even the exhaustive list of all the things that you've done, the things that you've gone through, the events that you've gone to that we haven't even known about as a church, like not a big gathering. So we are a busy, busy people. And it can be good. And we got a lot accomplished, as Elder Ratliff said. And we plan on getting more accomplished in the next year. That doesn't mean we necessarily need to be as fast as to accomplish those things. Like with a 10-speed bike, you start off in that gear one and it's very fast and you're pedaling very fast and you go to second, third, but your bike is going faster and by the time you get up into the higher ends, the eight to 10, you're barely pushing at all and you're going at a really fast clip, right? And so this is what we want to get to. In the beginning, we're and then we're going to slow things down, but our slowing down is a more intentional, so it's making things actually progress even quicker to a point where this thing isn't on autopilot, but we're able to give the effort that God is telling us to give, and God is doing all the work in the trajectory of that bicycle. It's just a bicycling analogy. So you guys have been able to deepen relationships throughout this year in ways that we don't even know. I mean, you all have friends outside of church friends as well, and you're sharing the love of Christ with them. You have relatives that you're sharing the love of Christ with. This is all going on, but as a church, because you are part of a covenant body, what you do is what I do. What I do is what you do. My house is your house. Who you minister to, I gain the benefit that they're blessed from you ministering to them as well. And likewise, it goes back and forth. This is a thing that, like as Daniel was saying, when they come in, we want to make them feel welcome because this why does anybody even go to a church? Because they believe it's the right spot. Sometimes people are in a church and they know it's not the right spot for them. And they just haven't found a chance or opportunity to get out just yet. Right? We are very purposeful as to why we're here. This is what we want. This is what we do. This is how we believe Christ has called us to act towards other people. So as we bring the gospel to people in a very specific and in a very unique way, I say it's unique because it's different than most evangelical churches. But it is different, and it is unique because it is biblical. And the way we raise our children, the way we disciple our children, the way we love one another. As far as I know, no one's gotten into any fistfights this year, because I would have added that to the list too. But we just know how to get things done. It doesn't mean it's right all the time, and it's perfect, and it's without friction. We're people, we're messed up, we're broken, we're going to rub each other the wrong way, and that's fine. But we're blood brothers and sisters through the blood of Christ. So you may have brothers and sisters that just really get your hide up, but you still love them. You will do anything for them, and that's how it ought to be. And we would do this for one another. Kind of like, you can't say anything bad about my mom, but I can. And he does. <laughs> so I didn't list all of this to make you exhausted. The point was trying to establish that in all of this and the many other things that I haven't listed, God has been faithful to us. Christ has provided, he's protected, he's guided, he's loved. He's reproved and corrected. And he has shown himself powerful 
in all of our situations, God has been good to us this year. And God will continue to be good to us this next year. It is unavoidable because God is good. So, I told you it wasn't going to be long, so I'm closing. In closing, this year, we need to take the time. We need to take the time to remember what God has done for us in order for us to be strengthened. If there could be a New Year's resolution that we should commit to, it should be remembering God's promises and his goodness towards us. This will increase your faith. So, people under the age of 25 in this room, open your ear now. If you're hearing this list, you are hearing it, when you heard this list, and you think to yourself, I really haven't realized just exactly how much God has been interwoven into our lives, in our daily lives. I encourage you, in your quiet time with God, to ask him to open the eyes of your heart so that you can see him moving in your life. What you would think is a small way is a monumentous way. Even the birth of a child, not, not, nobody under the age of 25 yet. Maybe, you know, if you're married, that's fine. But the birth of a child, we just look at it as like, oh, that's a natural thing. That happened between a husband and wife because they love each other, and now there's a baby. But what has to go on in order for that egg to become a baby is absolutely miraculous. It doesn't just happen. And it doesn't just happen any day of the month. There's very specific time frames this can happen. It's very specific body temperatures need to be there. Like, it doesn't just happen. Although we hear about those times where this... It happened, and they say accidentally. It's not accidentally by God. Mm -hmm. They may not have been planning for it, but it is not accidental by God because so much needs to take place for that to happen. It's actually a miracle, mm -hmm. and our eyes aren't open to that. Now, most of you in this room, I get that. They are. But typically, our eyes are not open to the miracles that happen within our lives. Mm -hmm. right. Driving down the road, and your car fishtails. You don't even realize there was semi right on the side of you. Your life has just been spared. Mm -hmm. So often this happens that we don't really open our eyes to see how God is moving in our lives. For those that are over the age of 25, what does this mean for us? We have a great responsibility for passing down our faith to this next generation. To those who are watching God in all of our situations... We're going to get it wrong. We're going to fail. You're going to blow up when you shouldn't have. Just move on. Just move forward. Don't let that distract you and say, I'm a horrible parent. I'm a horrible person. Throw your hands up. What's the point of it all? Just move on. We're going to fail. And that's the great thing of God's grace. So how do we pass this down? Well, it isn't us doing it specifically. It's the work of the Holy Spirit doing it in our lives, in the lives of our children and those who we're speaking to. But it's us being available. It's us being intentional. These are for those who are over 25. I think, I hadn't even discussed it with Derek, and it's not even like it's going to happen, but I'm just, so it would be neat if one day we just, as adults, we say, okay, this next Sunday, we're not talking to any other adults. We're going to find youth. And we're just going to plug in. We're going to find out what it is that they like, what it is 
that they enjoy. And we just, on a mission that Sunday, and we just delve into younger people's lives. Because as adults, we get so accustomed to just sitting and talking with each other. And then our kids are talking with each other. And so, like, we're not intentional with saying, I'm going to dig into this person's life and really get to know them. Like, I know you, but I know you by name, and I know you by face, and I know maybe something you like or the kind of personality that you are. But to actually dig in and find out what it is that you desire in life, I think that would be a great thing to be intentional about that. And that will establish this intergenerational connection so it's not just the older and the younger. So there's some way, just a way that we can establish something like that for those that are of the older side. So next week, Elder Ratliff is going to be talking to us about, you know, sharing the vision and casting that. We have a highly beneficial body here. We understand how to work with one another. We understand how to work out situations. So this is a way in which we can connect with each other because of who God has made us uniquely. We have great things moving forward in this next year. But just like George Bailey realized his true worth, we also need to remember the verse that I read earlier in Second Peter, that once we acknowledge God in all of our ways, then he is able to accomplish all things through us, and that we become partakers of his divine nature, and through his divine power, he has granted to us all the things pertaining to life and to godliness. Let's pray. Lord, these are uncertain times. You see our fears, and it does seem as though there is so much that's not good in our world, right now specifically. We have wars going on, conflicts, people fighting, even in our own part of our own world, right here in the United States. Nonetheless, you are good. As you see, each of our situations and struggles, you watch over us. You faithfully love us. You care about our good. And you know even better than we know what situation we're in. Show us your goodness, Lord. Help us to taste and to see and to experience it for ourselves, that you truly are good. Help us to see a glimpse of your goodness in each of our days and help us to see your goodness in the cross of Christ where Jesus has died in our place, giving us life everlasting and bringing salvation. Lord, thank you that no matter what we face here on this earth or anywhere else, God, we know that eternity waits us. And that there will be no more sorrow there, no more suffering, no more complexity and difficulties, but you will make all things new. Seeing as you are good, Lord, we take refuge in you and we run to you as our safe place in this world of danger. We rest in you. You are sovereign over this crazy world that seems to be spinning out of control. You are the strength and you know the future. And you know everything about it, even now. And you will continue to be faithful and good, and good to us as we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.